I love that. You haven't been recording this whole time? Uh, <laughs> the following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Two players, two sides. Do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? One is light. Kate, damn it, run! One is dark. We're the good guys, Michael. Son of a bitch. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! Dude. You all, everybody. Let's go, friends. You all, everybody. You all, everybody. Acting like it's stupid people when it's fancy I love you, Benny. But if we can't live together, nice as friends. I've always loved you. We're gonna die alone. Don't you leave me. I'm so sorry, guys. We have to go back, Kate. I love you. We have to go back! Hey everyone, welcome back to We Have to Go Back, a Lost Rewatch podcast. The gang's all here, Gun does, Fuge, Jess, Keith. We're all here. Super, ex- super excited hey. tonight. Oh, and I'm just knocking shit everywhere. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> Man, I'm excited. Uh, I... I for being an episode that nothing really happened, I thought a lot of cool stuff happened this episode. Um, By the way, can we do this? For saying that during the pre-show, that nothing happened. Well, you know can, what? Can we just do the podcast with this music in the background? Like, it, it sounds... <laughs> it, it makes it sound really like what we're saying is really important. Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is great. You gotta love Michael Giancchino. And, and a great score in this week's episode, too. Great... Uh, We'll talk about that later. But uh, anyway, let's just dive into this, man. Uh, episode four of season two, Everyone Hates Hugo. Uh, this aired on October 12, 2005, one week after the previous episode, directed by Alan Taylor. Jesse, this is the only episode he ever directed. Yeah, he was the big uh, Game of Thrones director. He yeah, did, I know he uh, did a lot of HBO. It seems like most of the stuff he did was HBO. Yeah, so he also did the upcoming Sopranos prequel movie. Oh, nice, nice! Surprised they didn't get uh, either Chase or the Mad Men guy to do that, because he was a big Sopranos guy too. Um, written just by your boys, Eddie and Adam. Their second yeah. episode. They're they're gaining power in the writer's room at this point. Yeah, I mean, for those that don't know Eddie and Adam, uh, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, we talked about them last season. Uh, they are staples of the Lost White writers' room. Like Lost is one of those shows I can name, I could probably name like half the writers. Like I can name half of a writers' room probably worth of writers, and these guys are two that. They just they they work well together and they've written some of the some of the biggest episodes on the show. So uh, they got the title wrong. I did. You did. No, the writers did. Oh, should have been. It should have been. Everybody hates Rose. Oh, don't be a hater. Oh, dude, boo. Honey, Rose is a sweetheart. She is. (laughs) All right. So uh, the opening cast. Um, I don't know. Did any guys notice there were two new names? added to the opening cast this week the first and the last i think right yeah absolutely 
I uh, missed that. Oh, good catch. So, Jesse Adewale. Arkanoe Abadje. Yes, Mr. Echo added to the opening credits. And the amazing Cynthia Waltros as Libby or Elizabeth. Uh, what's her last name? No clue. Uh, Elizabeth Smith. Ooh, very original. Uh, but I mean, um, my, uh, my my ex fiance was called Libby. So oh, nice. Uh, she is actually currently on General Hospital, and my wife is a diehard General Hospital fan. So every time I walk in the room and Libby's on, I'm like, it's Libby. So that's nothing. But I have to admit something, guys. I miss something. I don't know. Did any of you guys catch that there was an actor from the first season that has been removed from the opening credits? They were in the first episode in the opening credits, and then they've been removed since. Anyone besides Jesse know who that was? They were only in the first episode? So they were in the first season. They were in the opening credits every episode. And then they were in the first episode of this season. And despite being in another episode, kind of, they were removed from the credits. The, the polar bear? Yes, Bill the polar bear. No. Anyone? Anyone? Vincent. No, is Jesse, it, you know who that was? Is it Walt? Yep, Michael Dave, Malcolm David yeah, Kelly. Removed from the opening credits. So take I hasn't done anything. He's not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty agent. So, but uh, he was in the second, I think his voice is heard in the second episode. But uh, having said that, every person in these opening credits uh, appeared in this episode. And uh, here's something. Did you know this, Jesse? This was the last episode that a main that a new person was added to the opening credits that wasn't a series premiere, except one episode. Were you aware of this, Jess? I did read that, but I wasn't aware of it until I did read it, yeah. So, and uh, I'll just come out and say it. Until the last episode of the series, no, uh, there has never been an episode that wasn't a series premiere that added someone new to the opening credits. So that's kind of cool. I don't think that means anything, but um, as someone who likes credits and credit order, I found that interesting. So Uh, guest stars, she's back. L. Scott Caldwell as Rose. I will do the uh, Big Lebowski dance for her for no reason because only these guys can see me. Uh, And then Sam Anderson. And I got so excited when I saw his name in the opening credits. Of course, he played Bernard. Um, Lillian Hurst as Carmen Reyes, which is obviously Hurley's mom. And uh, one of my favorites, the great Marguerite Moreau as Starla. Yes, you like Marguerite, right? Yeah, but she's a pretty big get for like one scene. You know what I, I mean? Know, I like, know. Like I was like, man, like this is lost at the height of its powers to where it can cast a pretty known actress for for just one scene. And Brandon, for those that don't know, she was from the Mighty Ducks as a little kid and uh, Wet Hot American Summer, and she was in. Uh, I mean, uh, you say that like they didn't just get Katie Seagal to do that's like, true. Yeah. You know, one episode in bail, like. But this was one scene. That's true. Well, 
way to ruin it. She well, in this it. episode, they got her okay. for one All scene. Right. All right. Okay. And she might come back. I don't remember. I'll be honest with you. I was going to say, they probably got her for a couple of scenes, filled them all, uh, filmed them all in one day, and then, you know, just spliced them into the season. But speaking of big gets, DJ Qualls as Johnny in this. I like DJ Qualls. Uh, that's a pretty big get, too, don't you think? It, is it? I don't know. I mean, he was The only thing that I know that guy from is Breaking Bad, where he arrested Oh, him. that's yeah. right. He was Breaking Bad. No, he wasn't yeah. a badger. He cut, no. no, he he arrested Badger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, posing yeah. undercover as yeah, a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was the narc. He was also in uh Road, Road trip. trip and um wasn't he in some motorcycle something? Uh, Maybe. Think. But I, I would I would argue that this was the biggest thing that he's been in. No, no, nah, road trip was pretty huge. He broke road out. Was Wasn't huge, this before then, Road Trip? No, not? this was after Road Trip. Yeah. He was also yeah, in, I mean, uh the core. Yes, <laughs> and he was in that. the new guy. He was the main star of the new guy, the not the new girl, new guy. The movie wasn't that what it was called? That's the one I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah, 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 where he he does like a motorcycle stunt or something in that at some point, doesn't he? I don't remember. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. yes, but that is the movie I was thinking. But of. I would think of him every time I would go to dinner with my mother-in-law because she would always complain about her food. Something wasn't right, and I'm like, and I'd always be like. He's so rubbing his balls on that steak. I hope you know that. And she'd be like, no, stop it. Stop it, Gonna Stop it. And uh, yeah, and I just think of him going, it's good. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's really good. <laughs> so we got some co-stars in this. Uh, Billy Ray Gallion as Hurley's boss. Kimberly Joseph as Cindy Chandler. Does anyone remember... Cindy Chandler. She was in previous episodes. Anyone named not named Jesse want to take a shot at who Cindy Chandler was? Cindy Chandler. Don't look it up, guys. Don't was be she, a cheater. Was she, wait, yeah, was she yeah, sweet yeah. lips? No, Jesse. Who's Cindy? Cindy? Wait, 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 wait. Her, her love interest. His love interest at the record store. No, no, no that's no. Marguerite. That's Marguerite Moreau. Uh, what is Cindy Chandler better known as, Jess? Cindy is the flight attendant from the pilot Cindy that gives the flight uh, attendant. That gives Jack yeah. the extra alcohol and and uh, oh, I uh, survivors. I always yeah. I referenced her when we were first talking about her, and I I said I remember saying a bunch of stuff like, "Oh, it's sad that we'll never see Cindy the flight attendant again." Anyway, and then my favorite uh, credit in the episode was Raj K. Bose as Pakistani store clerk. I don't know. Almost as great as what was that guy in the bathroom? Sweater man or whatever. Um, Urinal sweater. Yeah. And then tons of uncredited this week. Uh, William Blanchett played baby Aaron. Um, And I hope isn't this a spoiler, Jess? You know where I'm going with this? I do, and I think it might be. Okay, okay. Because it involves yeah, uh, some yeah, yeah, inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, All right. okay. Let's just say he played Aaron. Vincent the dog as, or Madison the dog as Vincent. And then two that weren't even listed on my, on the, the site I use. But come on, Brittany Perrineau as the great Mary Jo. And the voiceover big voice guy, Jess, who was it? 
I don't know. Carlton Cuse as the big voice guy when Hurley won oh, the lottery. Oh, that they replayed that. Huh? They read that. Yeah, they just read that was archival footage. So, um, so this is a Hurley centric episode, and it covers day forty six on the island. So let's just dive into it. So, uh, this episode opens. Hurley is going to town on the snacks inside the the swan. Feel a little little gross watching this. Like, <laughs> um, first, I, I like, feel, I, yeah, I feel deeply unsettled when I see people stuffing themselves. I feel like very bad for them. I don't know why it triggers a, like a lot it, of emotion. It, for it me. Very, you just like, bro. You know that's like super mental. Like, forget the physical unhealthiness of what you're doing. Like, it just reflects a mentally unhealthy state right. of relationship it's, with food. Did, and did, it's like, right. dude, that goes deep and like. You it's desperate. It. Yeah, I, I know. It's very, very unsettling. Did anyone catch whose face was on the milk carton? No, whose? Jesse? Well, it was our boy Walt. It was missing. Walt. Uh, yeah. He was missing on the milk carton. That's just cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, that's crazy. That's and then yeah. Jin shows up speaking perfect English. <laughs> there was someone in a chicken suit. Keith, at what point in this scene did you realize it was a dream? Well, I mean, pretty soon when he starts being in English in the chicken suit, and then he started, Hurley started speaking what? Japanese? Korean. Uh, or Korean. Korean, is it? Okay, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. For the first couple, until Jin showed up, I didn't remember that this was a dream. Oh, you thought he was just eating through the whole inventory? <laughs> I like did. I kind of did. I don't know why. I'm. I, I, I give Hurley that he has a little bit more self-control than that. Although they did make fun of him later for eating the whole eight-piece bucket. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I have to? But I mean, it is also the fat guy, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to make that joke with anybody, do it with the fat guy. No, I mean, you got to do it with him. But yeah, just it was. Yeah. Yeah. So then we uh, go back to the pit. Uh, and uh, Coy Sawyer calls Anna Lucia, brings back a nickname from last episode. Anyone Rambina. catch that? Rambina, yes. I like yeah, Sweet Lips. That was a funny one. And he's complaining. Rambina is a great one. Yeah, that's one of his better ones, I think. And then he asks Jin to pee on his bullet wound, which I thought was <laughs> funny. Uh, Mr. Echo shows up and lets them out of the pit, and Sawyer is kind of hesitant until Anna Lucia shows up with Sawyer's gun and hits him in the head with a rock. So with all of this going on, Daz, would you be like Sawyer hesitant, or would you just want to get out of that thing as soon as possible? I mean, I would be very, I'd be, I'd be so freaked out about just like, you know, who was doing, who was pulling the strings here. Um, but I have an aversion to being stuck in one place. I think, let me just take my chances out there. I mean, you're I a lawyer. That, if anyone could talk their way out of this situation, don't you think it's you? I don't know. Uh, if I, anyone's you know when I talk, murder, people don't like a me. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I often give people bad news or say something that people really don't want to hear. So I, I, mean, I don't know if I'm like a good sweet talker. Well, it, it's really a um, there's no good answer. So, I mean, the, you get up and you go with them because what else are you going to do? Continue staying in the pit? Or like, really, you don't have a choice. You don't have a ton ton of choices. Okay. But like I've heard too. So I used to take Kung Fu and I always heard like, don't let them take you to the next location. If you take, if you are removed from your location and take you to a new location, your odds are you're probably doomed. No, no, that's if you're like planning on being rescued by someone. 
You, who's coming to rescue them, mate? Yeah, like, they're already kidnapped. Okay, they're already. Point. Yeah, I was they're thinking all- you were gonna go down like the Enter the Dragon route with with Sawyer. Like, don't ever take your eyes off the enemy, even with when you bow, and then you won't get hit in the face with a rock. Okay, that's a good. That's that's a great. Uh, I, I just I'm like you're sitting there talking shit. Why does he look away? Like when they point a gun at him, like bro, and then he just <laughs> took a rock at him. Like, come on, <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, I, I, I've also heard this, another lesson that I've learned, as I guess as a lawyer, too, is when you're negotiating with someone who has all the power, you, you kind of always just say everything's negotiable. Everything's on the table. You know, like you don't want to say yes, necessarily, Tiffany, but you don't want to say no to anything. You definitely don't say no to anything. Right. right, you, right. Say, you don't say no to the burden of the gun. You say, I, I'm going to look into that. I'm gonna see if I can get that for you. I always say that as an attorney. I have no atten- I have no intention of getting these things for them. I know these things are impossible to get, but just to, to soothe the negotiations and build rapport, I just say, yeah, let me work on that. It, let me see it, what it, I can it, do. And then I say, it, no, I worked on it. And I couldn't do it. And then they just not fine. that different in um, corporate America and like boardroom meetings and explaining shit to my boss. Right, right, right. I'm good. definitely I'll like, I have no intention that. of doing that or getting that for you, but I'll tell you, I'll look into it and hope that you forget about it. Yeah, like, let, me, let me see about that. I right, think right, we right. all do that. Yeah, like, I'm just <laughs> part of working. Like, maybe it's part of the business. Yeah, maybe it's part of business. So, yeah, if the guy if the guy who has a gun says, yeah, get out, out of that cage and follow me, I guess I'm saying, okay, let's let's see what I can do, you know, or like something like that. I may run away. I may use that time to run away or come up with something else, but that's, probably where take that's, it. that's where my head's at, right? Like I obviously can't get out of the pit with a fucking busted shoulder. So like right. maybe I have some chance of escape outside of the pit and I can get into the woods or, or I don't know. I feel like my odds are better outside of the, the prison cell. Yeah, exactly. And like maybe when they're, when they're trotting me off, I would just run away. But you but say like, that, that, but is, at this at the same time, Sawyer, for someone who's being held hostage, he's and even if they let him out, his mouth still doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> it's his greatest strength and and greatest yeah. weakness all at the same time. Yes, it's his. It's the source of his power. It's his yellow sun and his kryptonite. You know, all in one yeah. convenient pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Let's get back to uh, Hurley's first flashback this episode. As we go back to the scene that we saw earlier of Hurley winning the lottery, we hear Carlton again, and we see Mary Jo, who is uh, Harold uh, or Michael's wife in real life, of course, played Mary Jo. Uh, but we get to see kind of the aftermath. We see him passing out for the first time. And his mom's all worried about him. She yells at him for not exercising. Falling <laughs> down is not yes. exercise. Claims falling down is not exercise. It's great. Fuchs, is this too harsh or is she in the right there? She seems dead on as like an overprotective Latina mother. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like I that I was I believed every second of, of her portrayal. Let's put it. I, I have friends that like, yeah, this is their mom. Well, yeah, how old is he? He's in his twenties. Yeah. So in his twenties, working at a chicken shack, living with his mom. Of course, you know you've got to give him some sometimes yeah, tough love. Bro, she she wants grandbabies. She wants him to lose weight. Like she he's living at home. Like she's just nagging the shit out of him because she loves him. You know, and and she's sick of him. Just you know, hoping Jesus brings him stuff. So actually, Hurley, we find out he wins a lottery, but he doesn't tell his mom. I want to ask you guys, like. 
if you won the lottery, like, how would you guys react? Like, who would you tell? How would your life change? Would you just? Well, but at this point, he didn't I know about tell, the numbers, yeah. right? I would tell absolutely no one if it's possible. A lawyer, and that's it. And I would have them claim the pride and put it and and do all that, and it, and I wouldn't be uh, yep. public but in it, any way. That's how I would be. I would keep my job too. I, it would be an fu job. So the well, one time I'm, my I'm, boss is like, "Why aren't you wearing a mask?" I'll be like, "You know what? You could take your ask." So you'd have a job <laughs> just to like wait to quit? I guess I don't know. Like you'd literally just waiting for them to inconvenience you mildly <laughs> until you quit. Like just just quit. Like what? <laughs> so let me ask you this: did, Yeah, did just you, don't work. Yeah, you just like you really just want to tell off your boss. That's all this says. Is you want him to ask you to do one thing so you can tell him to fuck No, but I think what he's saying is he would take one job that is not like a high stakes job or that you could get very quickly. Like, you know, you're running the frozen yogurt cart or something. And then once he starts, got, got tired of that, he would move on to some other very temporary, easy to get job. Right. Is that what you're saying? I, mean, you're I would go like- back to Regal Cinemas and sweet movie theaters like Mr. Fuji. <laughs> That's what I would do. Bro, why would you not just buy a theater and pay someone to run it for you? You won the fucking lottery. No, I really wouldn't do that. Honestly, you don't I have don't... to be the drag. You can be... <laughs> Honestly, I think I would I would keep my life like it is now as long as I could. I would try and not tell anyone. I would get a lawyer to dodge you the few, first call I make. I'm letting you know that. Uh, when I win the lottery. Wow. So he would tell Doss over. Oh, definitely not Doss. For sure. Let's meet, let's meet in Bermuda over champagne. <laughs> Fucking some um, crooked ass lawyer like Doss. Get out of here. Well, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Keith? What would you do? Um, probably. I, I would definitely be anonymous um, just because, yeah, I just wouldn't want to have all the vultures coming around. For I sure. don't think you can do that in you Illinois. Know? I don't you, think you, you can. can you can in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can in Tennessee either. I think you can in Michigan, or you can at least not publish it. Like, I don't think you can claim it anonymous, anonymously, but I don't think they're right. They won't release it to the, the media. Name yeah. And shit. Yeah. I wonder if like, let's just say I want a hundred million dollars and I'm like, does if you claim it, I'll give you a million. And that way my name's out of it. Out of the, I don't know if that would work. Something like I am that. immediately agreeing to this. Because once I claim it, there's no way for you to say it's yours anymore. Well, right. that, that's where Gunner, I would be taking Gunner. I, I would be taking on a lot of risk, a lot of harassment and exposure. So can can you do twenty five million? I I would need <laughs> I would need sixty percent of the total take. I'll tell you what, my podcast studio would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to Actually, the show. Real let quick. me say, honest. In all honesty. Oh. All of our podcast recording situations would be amazing. No, yeah, Doss would actually, Doss would actually phone. get a good mic. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be here. This is sleep in uh, an apartment above the studio. That sounds fun. This is one of my brand now. I wanted to ask real quick at this far point, away. when we were talking about Hurley um, <laughs> holding the numbers back and not telling anybody he won. At this point, going back to the other flashback, he didn't know about the numbers yet because he hadn't gone and verified it yet, right? Uh, well, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he knew. So it's not that he's he's not that he's holding back because he knows it's cursed. Yeah, no, he doesn't think it's No, yeah. no, yeah, this is this is what made him first realize something was up with the numbers. It was when he won the lottery, right? Yeah, I got more on that later, too. We can talk okay. about that later. Okay. So. 
right, so yeah, it's just that he know he knows that his life is going to change and probably not for the better. Like he thinks if people are going to start swarming to him, so he's kind of you know holding off as long as he can. Is my interpretation of it. Yeah, yeah. He just seems very averse to change. That's why he works a crappy job and lives at home with his mom. He just he doesn't deal with change well. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole point. He says it ten like ten times through the episode. Like, yeah. What if change is bad? Change is is bad. Like, I want things to stay the same. He wants his friend to guarantee that things will always be like this, which you know is impossible. Yeah. You win the lottery or not, things will change. Is the only constant. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a hard uh, reality of life, and I think, uh, yeah, Hugo doesn't come to grips with that well. I bet you most people that win the lottery are miserable. I mean, your life. I've never met anyone. Yeah, I've never met anyone either. But uh... um, we knew someone growing up that that their family won the lottery. They're just like. I don't know, kind of shitty. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I you know, like they just wouldn't you immediately not like them? Like if one of your close friends you just became, you know, a hundred and forty-three million dollar. Oh no, know, no, dude, they won the money like before we knew them. It was one of those things where like we knew them, we hung out, and I was like, wow, they're kind of like dicks, huh? And then someone was like, Oh yeah, no, like like 10 years ago or whatever, they won like 64 million dollars in the lottery, and like that's where all their money comes from. And I was like, oh, okay, a lot of stuff makes more sense now. Like, just why they are the way they are. But, I mean, they didn't burn through it. They still had a fuck ton of money. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, back on the island, Charlie asks Hurley about the hatch, and he kind of plays coy about it. Charlie gets mad at him for lying. Uh, like the time he told him how much money he's worth. So, Jesse, let me ask you a question. So, I know you how much you love Charlie, um, wouldn't you be better friends with Hurley just in case he's not lying about having these millions of dollars? Like, yeah, and I, wouldn't play ridicule, along? I wouldn't ridicule him every time I spoke to him. And just every time Charlie opened his mouth, he just digged it the whole deeper for me. I can't stand it. Charlie's a cunt. Yeah, but Charlie <laughs> yeah. thinks that he's worth like the, he's the, the wealthiest, most no, well-known that- person on the island, right? You hit the nail on the head right there. That's what I think is really pissing Charlie off is he wants to be the superstar. He's the richest one. He has like the greatest, you know, best, most famous life outside of the island. If, you know, he's mad that Hugo, who is just, you know, some big fat loser fucking his eyes is actually worth more than he is. Yeah. I think it upsets him. Yeah. Yeah. It cuts his ego a little. Oh, huge. Yep. Yeah, and also, where do you get off, Charlie? Like, why are you so mad? Like, fuck you. Is Hurley our, our, your new boon? Are you on Jesse's bandwagon? In the I, yeah, I I really don't like Charlie. I don't know that I'm 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 getting there. My my Charlie hatred's growing. Uh oh. Uh oh. More importantly, the baby apparently is worth a trillion. Um, was it popsicles or blow pops? What was it? Oh yeah, oh, made made of chocolate lollipops or something. Lollipops, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. So speaking of hatred, Keith, we finally see Rose again. Isn't that exciting? Oh. I just Ooh. hope she's much more exciting than she has been because you know what? She's I wasn't excited. More early. exciting. She was sassy and funny, and she's great in this episode. This is why we love Rose. Yeah. 
she's doing laundry. And Hurley asks her why she doesn't want to know what's in the hatch like everyone else. And she says, whatever, it won't help me get this laundry done. And of course, we kind of find out that it, it does. So he takes Rose to the hatch. Um, so Daz, let me ask you a question. Why Rose? Like, why didn't he pick, you know, Charlie to help him or sexy blue shirt girl? Why Rose? Yeah, that's a good question. Rose is, he, she's got no political motivations. I think that that's clear. She's kind of uh, an independent voter on the island, if, if, if you will. Like, she's she's just not on in any camp. She doesn't have an agenda. I think that's one. Obviously, Hurley trusts her, you know, but that maybe that's the reason he trusts her, because she doesn't have an agenda. And she's... Uh. I think the real answer is they just needed to write her back into the show somehow. And this was the vehicle they chose to do it with. Yeah. With the reveal. Yeah. With the reveal coming up later, they, they had to bring her back. But also I think that Hurley knows that Rose isn't going to ask him for anything. Like Rose is not going to like be dependent on be like, Oh, you got to get me this, you know? So there is no transactional, uh, reason for their relationship. Uh, so I think that's why he's, he's drawn to her. I, I don't think answer of hold on, so I think it was, it was her answer of like that's ah, your business. Like I don't give a shit. That's was like okay, cool. I can tell you the secret because you're not gonna bug me about all the stuff that we're gonna find in there. And I think Charlie's it, just looking for someone else to take the fall. And who is the one person on the island loved probably as much as Charlie or as as Hurley? Rose. Everyone loves Rose, right, Keith? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all honesty, say, uh, like, who could say a bad thing about Rose? Well, interesting enough, like, wouldn't it have been much more interesting if Bernard would have came up and they said, where's my wife? Have you met? Have you seen Rose? And they're like, no, we lost her. She just disappeared. We have no idea where she's at. <laughs> <laughs> but she was still there when they left. So they don't know that she disappeared to go do a play or something. So then we see Claire by the water. You said in the last episode, you, we were mad about, I forget what, but you're like, Oh, you don't suspend your disbelief because all their clothes are clean. And all of a sudden here we find out, I don't have to suspend my disbelief. (laughs) Rose has been over here in the corner, washing clothes the entire time, keeping everyone's next thing. You know, we're going to find out she's got a barber shop and she's been shaving everybody. John's knives. That's awesome. She's been waxing Kate. Exactly. <laughs> but not little Sawyer. Gunner, I, I love this next scene coming up. It it is the classic oh. example of like an actor who doesn't know what to do with her hands. Like she's like she her hand like she's flailing around and she doesn't know what she's doing. It's great. All right, so let's talk about it. So we see Claire by the water. She finds the bottle of letters. So let me ask you, Keith, um, if you were Claire and you found this bottle of letters, um, would it kill your hope? Like, what would you do with this? Like, does it kill your hopes of getting the baby off the island? I don't think it kills your hopes. I mean, I guess the point being is first you have to figure out where the letters are coming from, right? If you realize that it's from someone that died on the island 20 years ago. No, yeah. no, no. That's not well, no, the letters. Letter. Those are the letters that uh, everyone wrote letters for the people on the raft. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If if you find out that they're actually their letters, no, that's not really hope. It's just how 
nature works. I mean, currents bring shit back, right? Yeah, but why is it floating in the ocean and not on the raft with the people they gave it to? Like, clearly that implies that the raft capsized or some, you know. I mean, yes, sort of, it would be, yeah. So I don't, know if, sort of, I don't know if it. it or a rapey uh, sea captain kidnapped Walt and blew up the. It's definitely a signal that something's wrong. After he yeah. was done fucking them, he fucked the bottle and then sent it back into the ocean. <laughs> That's disgusting. So I didn't even notice You're that, welcome. Jesse. So Claire was just moving her hands all over the place? Yeah, I, I highly recommend everyone to go back and watch that because she's just like her hands are just like she's, they, you know, it's a very weird way of walking and it just cracks me up every time I see it. Oh, it's funny. Okay. I got to go back and watch it. I, I didn't notice anything, but I'll take a look. All right, so back in the hatch. Uh, now Jack is uh, uh, Hurley takes Jack and Rose back to the food section, and uh, he and Rose are inventorying the food. She mentions Bernard. Jesse, is this the first time we heard the name Bernard on the show? I think she. I, I want to say that she mentioned the name before. I could be wrong, but uh, when she, but uh, I just love that you know she just has that uh she knows that he's still alive and that he's okay and that's what is really interesting with to me about her is how her faith is so absolute in this this area yeah yeah that's kind of cool so and then and it, it, it is and it does make sense to me i mean they they're alive so why not well, that was her argument to Jack, right? Was, yeah, that's you know, that. It, 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 it actually does kind of make sense, but it's hard probably, to believe. She well, said it, that they, it, they probably think the same thing about us is that the fuselage right. people, it's, like, yeah, you know, they, no said, one survived right. that, you know? Right. It makes right. as much sense as them being alive, I guess, which right. also makes no sense. So, you know. Right. Well, next next scene is actually one of my other favorite scenes in this episode. So uh, we go back to Hurley's flashback and Hurley is at Mr. Cluck's where he works and his boss calls him into his office. So let me ask everyone here without saying the answer. Um, do you guys recognize Hurley's boss? Jesse, I know you know who it is, right? Yeah. So without saying who this person is, Future, do you remember who this guy is? I don't know. Daz? No. Don't look it up, Daz. Do not cheat. Okay, I won't. I was just about to. <laughs> do you know who this is? why you got yelled at. Yes. <laughs> he caught me red handed. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who this guy is, Keith? He seems familiar. I don't know. It's like uh, another, like, I don't know, X Files or something. Is that what it was? No, no, no. The, the, the character. So his name is Randy. Does that help? No, no, I thought you meant the uh, actor. No, I'm talking so, about the character. No, I don't know who the character is. Sorry. Jesse, why don't you explain to everyone who this young man is? This is Randy Nation. He's also John Locke's boss at the uh, the box factory who oh, gave him shit. Or, yeah. Which is so awesome. Like, I That's love crazy. this. What a that great. I never noticed. What a, it's so weird. It's so weird that Hurley, like, gives him another job. I have that in my notes later him. today. Like, I don't I don't get that at all. I like, have why? that in my notes later. So yeah. I guess we can talk about that now. But, yeah, why would he hates this guy? Why would he give him yeah. a job at his box like, factory? Did he just, like, do it to. Like, did he, you know, just torment him with it or like, well, he, yeah, now he, he gets you know? to be that guy's boss. 
and be shitty to him. There's I still no, don't think dude. it'd be worth it. I still don't nah, think dude, it would be worth it. Maybe we'll wait, but maybe we'll find out later. I mean, I, I, we I'm confused. Pre- Explain it to me because I don't understand the whole. Okay, so you remember uh, in John Locke's, I don't even know if, I guess it's his boss, the guy that made fun of him calling, you know, Colonel Locke. Yes, yeah, so, but that in the, time, in the timeline, is that like years before he was a chicken manager? This must no, be years after. That's because it's after Hurley wins the lottery and Hurley buys a box factory and John Locke works there. And then, oh, he gets, and then gotcha. so this is this is after this flashback. But uh, oh, so, so, so Hurley hired him to be the manager of the box factory. Well, one would assume, or yes. maybe he's just so high up that he just applied and then they don't even know about it. But I can't, I, mean, I don't know if that's the oh, case. Oh, it or not. could all just be happenstance. Like yeah. maybe he just works at the factory, has no idea who the hell. Or they just, is. maybe they didn't have many actors and they're like, we signed you for four episodes. So we got to put you in as this guy. You know, they already is, paid for this guy. So yeah. we're using them. This is one of the genius things that Lost does where they interlock these stories, no pun intended. But where they characters will show up in, and I mean, we've already seen a little bit of it on a larger scale where Hurley meets Christian Shepherd, and you know, we see Hurley in the police, or I'm sorry, Hurley. Uh, we see Sawyer. Did I say? Yeah, see, I was like, yeah. when did that? Happen? I meant Sawyer meeting Christian Shepherd. Sorry, and then we see Jack, Sawyer in the, Jack and Desmond. Yeah, you know. Jack and Desmond. We see Sawyer yeah. in the the. Uh, Australian prison when Boone's there, like we're starting to see all these little interweavings. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a great one. Whoever thought of the idea to bring Randy Nations back, I mean, I got I got a clap for you. That was great call, don't you think, Jess? Yeah, I agree. It's just uh, it's almost as if uh, you know there's a there's a larger uh, thing at play here, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Nope, all happenstance in that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of coincidences, that's for sure. Uh, so speaking of Locke, we next, our next scene is actually with Locke, where he's kind of walking around the island and he hears someone and we find out that it's Charlie who's been following him. Charlie's pissed that he's, quote-unquote, at the kids' table. And uh, well, he's acting like a fucking child, so yeah. that's why he's at the kids' table. <laughs> yeah, so, he doesn't make himself useful in anything, and so he feels like he's at the kids' table. Yeah, but you know, if he was just, if he was, just, if he would just like do something productive, like, I, well, I went and got Claire's baby back. Meh, I did that. Meh. He lit. He literally just took it out of someone's hands yeah, you know, without <laughs> bro all he did was get hit in the face with a bag of rocks and then just, like waste a bullet cauterizing it and steal a baby from a woman so let that me let me ask country. you guys this let me ask all you guys this um would you tell charlie anything i mean Locke pretty much says what do you want to know and he'll tell him well, Locke likes to empower people i would have told charlie to fuck off but Locke's a better person than me what about you, Jess? What do you think? Um, I know you how much I you like, love Charlie. Yeah, I just would have been like, "What are you bringing to the table?" I mean, like, I just would have laid out all the facts here and been like, "You haven't done anything, but almost get killed a bunch of times and uh, do nothing." Yeah, when I need someone to OD on heroin, Charlie, I'll give you a call. But <laughs> now, do, do we think that he's kill. back on the heroin yet, or is he not? He's a little edgy. I don't know. I don't know. He's baby duty. So I think right now he's not. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that, that's true. So I hope not. 
So after that scene, uh, we go back to the hatch or the swan and uh, quickly we see Saeed and Jack kind of examining the inside of the swan. And from there, we go back to the pit as Mr. Echo tries to get Sawyer out of the hatch. Um, the others believe that they were on the plane. Uh, so uh, do most secret underground bunkers have a crawl space? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've saved that to talk about that a little later when it, when they come okay. back there, since this is yeah. just a really quick scene. We could talk about that. I got that in a little bit in my notes, but... Uh, and real fast, I just want to jump back a second. I love that, like, uh, with how difficult it was to get into the hash, like, 30 yards to the right, there's doors. That you can just yeah. go in the front doors. <laughs> it's like, that. It, it makes me laugh that every time that reveal happens. Like, they didn't just walk around a little bit to find the fucking door. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it, it's hidden, but just the fact that there's front doors to the place, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, uh, as Echo gets, gets him out of the hatch, we find out that the others actually believe them that they were on the plane. Out of the uh, pit. They weren't is- in the hatch. Well, that's what I well, okay, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, yeah, in the pit. And then Sawyer tells Anna Lucia uh, that they can all sue Oceanic together, which I thought was great. Um, and it was Lucia beats out the crap, beats the crap out of Sawyer. So, Keith, let me ask you, at this point in the show, um, what are your thoughts on Anna Lucia and these others? I mean, at this point, before any other reveals happen, Whoa. where what are your thoughts right now? Well, at this point, when they let him out, I mean, it's obvious at that point that I'm actually assuming they're not part of the um, the racist uh, uh, rape. I meant to say rapist, not racist. The rapist uh, uh, child molesters. The that pirate took, rapers. Uh, yeah, that took Walt. Um, so at this point, I'm assuming that they must be part of either the plane or another crew that, you know, got survived. And obviously, as we see later on, yeah, that was true. Cool. I love I love uh, picking your brain to see where you are and see at what point because you were pretty you were pretty uh, convinced that they were uh, the others. So oh, so far this season, whatever prediction I make, it's it's pretty much the opposite. So, <laughs> so I also love that uh, they're you know examining this thing and they're talking about the magnetism. And Saeed just happens to know, like, the metallic compound of whatever he's hammering against the fucking cement with. He's like, oh, yeah, good thing this is titanium. There's no magnetism. Like, they just threw it in, like, real quick. I'm like, what? He wouldn't know what that was. Unless he worked at Chernobyl, because apparently he knows that as well. Well, the Chernobyl thing is a little more common knowledge. like, Like, he said he's like, the last time I saw this, like, he was at their Chernobyl site inspecting the fucking concrete. Right. That's what I mean. He acted like he was there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I believe that he could know this, actually. If just by work, by if you work with a lot of metal. No, no. I, oh, the oh well, hey, hey. One, but one thing, future that's interesting <laughs> is he did. He was an Iranian, and apparently, that if they had nuclear weapon facilities that were hidden and only that the military would know about, he would be a part of that. Yeah, that, but, that's right. Well, he wasn't Iranian. He was a, he was Iraqi, not a, Iraq. well, Iraqi. Iraqi, we, but, but, his, yeah, his, same his thing. Silos too, because, because they're, they're not they're, the same thing. Don't, don't, don't tell an Iraqi and Iranian that. No, no. no I'm for saying, the same I'm reason. Same reason. Same reason. Oh, reason. Okay. Might know. If they had a nuclear facility, it would have to be <laughs> hidden. Right? I'm like, don't tell them it's the same thing. They will not appreciate. <laughs> no, no. But I'm saying it, it would have to be hidden. It'd have to be underground. They would have to have something just like this to do their testing, right? 
Yeah, and I uh, think sure. I think that line about the uh, the medal is just like so that they could justify him having something to to it's you know hammer. And the reason it's not like shooting to the to the uh, to no, the swords, I know. And, but and that's kind of what it, it felt like. It's also just, funny. It's just like if it is you know concreted over, and there's definitely something went wrong there. Why would you want to get into it? Why is you know? he hammering away at it? With yeah, the, yeah. I got that later. Like, I got that a little later yeah. too. So. Yeah. <laughs> they don't believe in the island. That's true. Yeah. Saeed may be not a non-believer. Yeah. All right, so then believe in like magnetism and preventative, you know, construction. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I feel you on that. I I I I would not be doing that, you know, but <laughs> these guys are not yeah, hammering at the wall with blunt metal. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll get more to that in a little bit. So back to Locke and Charlie. He explains to him about the computer in the swan. He explains that there's a record player down there and food. And then Charlie tracks down Hurley, and he asks about the food, and he refuses to give him peanut butter, and then he calls Hurley the man. Daz, is Hurley the man? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, why not? I always, I, I always thought he was. Okay. No, he's the, the man in a negative context in this, in this case, not a yeah, good like, context. Yeah, like, like, the, like Johnny Law, the man. Yeah. Did, like, does what? it call him that? Like the, the, the man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like the government. You're the, man. Right? You're the authority. You're right. the, you yeah. became the institution, not letting me. Yeah, you're making the rules. Just, that's just classic junkie bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he's the man. In a good way, he he's is the man but now, not, dog. Not <laughs> but, but but I mean, he obviously he obviously it does, doesn't want to associate himself with you know I don't know authority or people with power. He does not think of himself as the man, for sure. I just well, want to no, I, I, I just want to point out the fact that we're the first podcast ever to reference Finding Forrester. I just, just want that for the record. <laughs> I hope that's true, but I <laughs> I don't want it to be. Shrek <laughs> <Shrank> the <laughs> Rest in peace. Yes, yes. All right, so we could we get a great scene up next as uh, Hurley and Johnny are at the record store listening to Drive Shaft, and of course they don't know any of the words, <laughs> or should I say, like, suck shaft. Suck shaft. <laughs> <laughs> And I love, did you guys catch that they were in the one hit wonders bin? I did not. That's Which was awesome. awesome. <laughs> and he sees Starla, of course, we've mentioned Marguerite Monroe. Monroe. Um, I might be, you think this is the biggest get they've gotten, Jess? I mean, you kind of mentioned that so far in this show. No, I we said Katie Seagal in the previous weeks are bigger. I think that's. A yeah, thing. I think that. Like, uh, yeah. I mean. Her tenure is larger. I mean, she going way I mean, back to the Katie Seagal's uh, library is far more significant. But I think that like this, you bring in a guest star like for a whole uh, for a whole episode is different than one scene, which they so they hire her, sure. they bring her to yeah. they bring her to Hawaii for for like uh, for just a little bit of shooting, and then so she gets a, a whole vacation out of it for just one scene, and that that just seems like I would you know, love to yeah, know the I wonder secret how they of possibly her. Could, I wonder how they possibly convinced her to do this. I mean, oh, honestly, is, is she <laughs> as big as we're making her out to be? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think she's that big of a get. 
I mean, well, I'm I a big, I've been a big fan for years, but I mean, she she's fallen into like the that the character actor like thing to where you always like I like I said, I've seen her in a million things, but I was struggling to think about what was the main thing that I saw her from when when she popped up. Uh, but what she, would you say is her biggest role? Mighty Ducks when she was a kid, which is not a big. I don't even remember her in that. What hot? Uh, I mean, yeah, she is I, the the female lead in Wet Hot American Summer. But even that's yeah. kind of like a more obscure cult hit. <laughs> yeah, you know? she doesn't. But she isn't the um, the source of like any of the comedy in that. Uh, she's like the straight woman, you know. So uh, she doesn't really stand out in that. I don't think. Yeah, like Jesse said, like I recognized her, but I couldn't think of any of the stuff that I recognized her from. So I don't know, man, like it's a good cameo, but I don't think it's like they didn't get like Jennifer Aniston to show up for 10 minutes. Uh, That's true. I'm trying to think of an era appropriate. That might even be too late for 2005. I don't know. Yeah. Who was big in 2005? Marguerite Moreau. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Well, he asks he asks her out before he's a millionaire, which I thought was cool. Um, well, so, before she knows he's a millionaire. Well, technically, he's not a millionaire yet. He could rip up the ticket. So. Uh, well, then he went from being a millionaire to not being a millionaire, but he's I still guess. technically one right now. All right. So as of now, his life seems to kind of be going great. And we know that eventually it's going to go to hell. So, Keith, is this the calm before the storm or does the bad luck start when he cashes in the ticket? Yeah, I think it's when he uh, cashes in the ticket. Well, I guess the fame might be part of the bad luck. But I think that once he actually receives the money, that's when the, the bad seeds start being reaped. Okay, because yeah, because I mean, really, nothing bad has happened to him yet. In fact, nothing but good stuff is happening to him. But the bad thing is, he wanted to be anonymous, and now he's being forced to cash his ticket in, right? Well, not yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But that's the assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, so back under the swans. This is where I kind of brought it back. Uh, Sight and Jack are investigating this. Um. So let me ask you, Keith, seeing that the magnetic energy is kind of pulling that key off of uh, Jack's neck, and we can, we've we already kind of talked about this, but who the hell would go under there knowing all that magnetic energy? Um, I think anybody that wants food, shower, clean laundry, that yeah, kind of why, stuff. Why go near that? Pop. Yeah, they don't need to go underground for that. It's yeah. all in the bunker. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to defuse it. Maybe they're saying curiosity demagnetize the case. What else are you going to do, right? I mean, I, I don't know. You're investigating. Yeah, the chance I, of you surviving the island to begin with are slim. So, what happens if you accidentally blow up everybody? Give yourself you just accelerate things. I'm more thinking that they're going to give themselves cancer being well, that too. But at, at this point, you survived a plane or crash. Like, on crushed or trapped down there. I don't know. There's a million different. They're talking about like all the geothermal activity. Like, right, but if, if you ask me right now, would I go into a bunker 30 miles down into a magnetic fielded area in the basement? No, but like when you're on an island like this, of course, you're going to figure out what's going on. All I know is like most people don't even like going into their basement in their house. I can't imagine like voluntarily going to. Well, okay, so how about when they're down there, everything's diffused, and then they hear this like 
creepy rumbling like shit's breaking and they're like oh hey let's go check it out instead of immediately running the opposite direction well that's just they're just the saviors they're just those are the two guys that want to save like no survival instinct yeah and from it and from a technical uh area is we're still they're they're laying out the hatch for the viewer so they're we're going to all the nooks and crannies of it right now so that we can then they can employ it into future stories well, well, sure, but it doesn't make sense on like why they're exploring down there. Yeah, will they eventually start living down there, or will they stay on the beach? Yeah, they become mole people later in season <laughs> seven. The people eight. that yeah. you were excited about, Keith. <laughs> yeah. So they hear they do hear that sound, and it's Kate in the shower. Um, so Jack kind of walks in on Kate, so uh, he's got a pretty Ooh, big uh, smile on his face. Um, and despite, so despite Kate telling him that he stinks, Fuch is seeing her tall enough for him to forget about all the crap that they've kind of been gone between them. Cause they were kind of on the outs a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. If it is, then Jack needs to stop thinking with little Jack because that, that that's just bad news bears. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone agree with him? Yeah, I just I like mean, his you know, shitting in, in, grin. In, in a uh, in a survival situation, you know, I mean, he, he he's maybe very lonely. I don't know. He's getting desperate. Oh, well, I'm not. If I'm Jack, I'm definitely fucking Kate. Like that's not that's not the question. It's just going to be a bad decision. Like every other girl that I've had sex with, it's always a bad decision. I still fucking do it. So Keith, will Jack and Kate sleep with each other? Absolutely. Will Kate and Sawyer sleep with each other? Absolutely. Will Kate and Jin sleep with will each other? Will Sawyer and <laughs> well, Jack? Yeah, will Sawyer and like, Jack sleep with each other? All at the same time. What pairing happens first, do you think? Um, I would say probably um, Kate and Sawyer just because it will piss Ooh. Jack off. All right. Interesting. Left we'll it. We will. Especially uh, when she sees that he's alive, she's going to be so excited that she's play that jealousy alive. card before you go yeah. for the real one. All right, I see. Yeah. That, that's that's strategic. So she's going to give it up when she sees him, like immediately. Not immediately. I mean, back, yeah. over time, she'll <laughs> she'll talk about his wound and and make sure he's okay and bandage him up and yeah. Good. I hope. so. But seeing Jack shitting and grin, I mean, to me, that's about as silly as. uh Claire and not knowing what to do with her hands. <laughs> he did have a pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I love that yeah. look on his face. Well, just as an actor, I think he was enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah. She's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You gotta like your work. You gave you a little. You know, of course she she ran out of the room, panties out, trying to give him a little teasy flash. Oh. Okay. Did anyone zero in on her laundry? Yeah, she had her like underwear hanging. I think it was a bra. Yeah, yeah it was a bra. The bra, the bra. I didn't zero so in, is, is the yeah. bra not underwear? There you go. But it was just a bra that we saw. I don't think we saw right. like anything else. The, All right. Well, the blooms. I, I, I you did, we was... didn't see her. Her bloomers. Yeah, because she picked it up and then she dropped it and then she had to like bend over and get it and then then held it like right right in front of her. Yeah, so. it just it, it was it was, the whole scene was just written, you know, to be this like sexy little scene it was it was nice well it was meant to be very like um oh what's the word i'm looking for very like innocently sexy 
yeah, risque or something, you know, a well, little. But, yeah. but like not PG thirteen sexual. Yeah. yeah, like exactly, like a ten year old fantasy. Disney like, sex. I saw him in the shower. Ooh. Yeah, right, 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 right. Speaking a, of, you know, she came out of the shower. Obviously, she needed to get the shampoo. We didn't mention this back when Hurley was in the um, in there with Rose. But when she came to get the shampoo, he acted like he didn't want to give her. It's not food. It's freaking shampoo. I, I do love that. They're like, was. okay, don't give anyone anything until we can figure out how we're going to do this. And the first person that walks in is Kate, who doesn't yeah. listen to him and just takes it and walks out. Yeah, and he's like, this is how it starts. I'm like, it's just shampoo. Yeah, okay. but that's how it starts. It's just shampoo. It's just a jar of peanut butter. It's just this box of candy bars. No, I get the food. It makes sense, but... Yeah, they, they, well, Kate got her shampoo. Why can't I have the peanut exactly. butter? It's, it's, it's just a like, yeah. supply and resource. It, it, you know. Yeah. What about the clean towel that she had? Did anybody ask about that? Well, you can wash the towel. That's a reusable resource. Yeah. Shampoo is one use done. So then next we go back to Anna Lucia's group and Michael meets Libby, uh, who asks him about the group and Mr. Echo then meets Sawyer, who apologizes for the misunderstanding. Then they go to some kind of shelter. Um, as they walk in, Keith, did you notice the Dharma logo on the wall? Yes, I did. All right, good, good, good. I like how you just glossed over that he apologizes for the misunderstanding. Like he didn't also threaten to kill her immediately. Oh, after. speaking of, I, the one of the best lines of the season so far was um, Sawyer saying, a misunderstanding is when you give me lemonade when i asked for yes. tea <laughs> yeah that was a great line yeah. yeah so um we find out that this group had 23 people in it um so keith let me ask you at this point um are we now are we 100 percent sure that these people are from the plane yeah i mean unless rose's husband came from another plane but we don't know that we don't see bernard yet or we don't know that he's bernard yet so at this point also what if they had 23 people what happened to the rest of the group um the others could have taken them um they could have um got eaten by you know the monsters the polar bear any of those do you think think we'll see what happened to the rest of them yeah absolutely and and I don't think that uh, how many were there like four or something. I mean, we. I mean, it could have been something as simple as they didn't have John Locke and his amazing knife kit to hunt boar for him, so they all starved to death. That too. And Do you the, think and they ate the babies? Had... Or the adults? Yeah. Oh, they're the they taste the best. They're delicious. <laughs> I don't remember where that came from. Feature? Do you remember? I I, I hate you. I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. All right. So then back to the survivors. Uh, Claire and Shannon find son who's tending to her garden. Um, and so at- is this scene just to give the women like screen time? I think so. It, it was a weird plot device that Claire just finds a bottle and then all the ladies. And can we can we be just I, I will be. I'm very happy that Shannon. They gave her a little screen time, and she had no speaking roles. Did she say a single word the entire episode? I don't think so. I, don't I think, think she so. remember stood there in the background. Well, we find out that after seeing the bottle that Claire told Shannon, and then who, who came up with the idea of telling Son so Fuge, why would you tell Shannon anything? And what well, good could point, come I, from telling Son this? Like honestly, back to crushing like hope. None. They 
dude, there's there's no point in doing any of this other than they had to give these three actresses some screen time and something to do. Yeah, but why? Yeah, don't but you think that it's, it's the wrong call was telling Sun? Don't you think they should have just buried this and and made sure no one saw this so people on the island could have hope? Why would Shannon go ahead and tell Sun? Nothing good could know, come from this. I I don't know. Yeah, they they're like this is a slight spoiler, but this this thing is very important in the next episode, the scene. So uh they're just setting that up. Okay. All right. All right, then Hurley is mad at John for telling Charlie so uh, about the whole everything in the hatch. Um does Daz, let me ask you, does Hurley have a point and what the hell is, was he gonna do with that dynamite? Like when you first saw this dynamite. Uh, I mean, I, I thought he was going to just, uh, you know, blow everything to hell. Um, but well, I, I don't agree with Hurley. I think John Locke is very persuasive in this in this little talking to that he gives him, you know, and says, you know, we all sometimes have to do things that we don't want to do. You've been selected for this. This is your job. Now stop. Stop complaining. You know, I mean, so, so, there's so, there is some wisdom in that. There are times where you just have to, you know, do your part, I suppose. Um, and Hurley is making it a lot, you know, making making it a lot about his past bad experiences, which is a kind of a whiny and selfish thing to do, maybe. At first, I thought he was going to blow up the computer. That was my first thought. I thought he was going to do worse than that. Eat, eat the blow up more than <laughs> I thought it was going to blow the food up. Yeah. yeah, but maybe blow the food up. That would be worse. I think that's what his intentions were. So, and now the next flashback. No, like, but there's also another thing when he saw the dynamite and he said, I'm not going to let this happen again. To me, it says he didn't want anybody else to get blown up by grabbing the dynamite, right? You know, uh, but I, I, I thought he thought that, 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 that there was a curse on him. And so he had to blow up the whole thing. Yeah. But he, out of all the people, like he's probably the best one to hold the dynamite because no, he doesn't think anything's going to happen to him. Like, yeah, right, yeah, he, was, he was pretty yeah. brazen with it, right? He was yeah, yeah. He knows he's never going to, he's invincible yeah. or something. Yeah. He, the numbers protect him. The curse of the numbers protects him. Protects right. him, but and kills everyone else he loves. Kills everyone else. And he's exactly. just waiting, you know? So I, I yeah, I guess I, I kind of see where he's coming from. If you, okay, put it this way. If, if you believe in the curse of the numbers, then what Hurley's doing is absolutely right. If you really believe in it, which he does, you, which he does, that's true. But from an outsider's perspective, he's whining and kind of being a little baby. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> so then we get a like great, it. we get a great scene next uh, where Hurley uh, and Johnny are stealing garden gnomes and putting them on Randy's lawn. And, and Jesse, I mean, we kind of already talked about this, but funny story um, that in this scene, when they had the, um, the, the stuff and they'd spelled out cluck you yeah. <laughs> on the lawn, I was sitting there watching it. My son was doing something walking by and I just yelled that I just audibly said cluck you. Ha ha ha. And my son turned around and said, excuse me, what? <laughs> he thought I was talking to him. I'm like, no, no. I said cluck you. He said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, all right. Then Hurley asks Johnny to promise again, you know, that nothing will change no matter what. So let me ask you guys, 
Um, if one of us wins the lottery, do you guys think our relationships would change? I mean, I don't see why they would. I'll I mean, you. yeah, I'll be asking you for money a lot more. Yeah, I, I would hope for like the, <laughs> the largest. Oh, I, I presume I would hope I for the, the largest. Yeah, I would hope for the largest non-taxable gift you could give someone to all of us. You know, just to continue on. You know. All right. I would just sponsor every podcast to the most I'm allowed to. Yeah, I would assume we would start getting paid for the podcast. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, we are going to split the the seventeen dollars that we've made so far. I mean, oh, we're, up to we're doing better than I thought. I, I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> that might be an overestimation. Although we are back on Apple, I know by the time this this comes live, everyone's be like, "What are you talking about?" But. Uh, we're finally back. Apple Podcast, for whatever reason, wasn't updating our stuff. So Big Mac around the house. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. all right. So then then we get two scenes kind of back to back. Um that they kind of interweave together. So um I guess we can kind of take them separately instead of bouncing back and forth. But the first scene is Johnny and Hugo see the guy getting interviewed at the gas station. And uh, we find out that uh, the guy rem- remembers Hurley. We find out that Hurley wins the lottery. Um, and then we also see Hurley trying to blow up the f- food. So future- finding this food is kind of like winning the lottery, don't you think? There's, for there's a- Hugo, oh yeah. Well, for, for the people on the island. I mean, I would money means nothing, but finding... You know, five cases of Apollo bars is like greatest thing you can have. So, you know, like everything changed for Hurley, does finding this food, do you think that changes everything for the people on the island? Um, I mean, it changes everything for a hot minute, but not in any permanent fashion. Right? Yeah, I mean, I guess that way, but that's the way that they went with it, you know? They decided to kind of share with with everyone instead. But that's of, the argument is that there isn't enough to to save it and ration it out. There's enough to just have you know uh, you know a, like one a fun night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I agree with that. I mean, and then that solves Hurley's problem, and he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. So, so then I got to ask this future. I got to ask this question to you, Keith. You know, is this the best option? And second point to this question. Doesn't that make Rose a genius for obviously thinking of it? So what's the best option? The, the just get having one night of debauchery and have everyone have have a blast instead of slowly rationing out the food. Um, kind of, yeah. Just because <laughs> it's like, ironically, it's, all it's going to do is make everyone hate each other and it's not going to last anyway, so why not? I, I actually agree with it. Can, can you give Rose some love a, for that idea? No, no, not at all. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of candy bars and potato chips. I mean, this is not stuff that you can really survive on. Well, I mean, unless you want to call Rose a project manager, because I know there's some really good, smart project managers out there. So maybe I can give her that prop. <laughs> so I did, I did think this was a pretty awesome scene, I thought. And uh, Jesse, wasn't the score awesome at this part? Yeah, just... Whenever they they slow it down and they go into montage mode with Giacchino playing over it, I'm a sucker for it every time. Let's just let's just appreciate Giacchino for a sec. I mean, they all look so happy. I mean, Claire got her peanut butter. 
We got to see more flirtations between Kate and Jack. What well, would have been real reprieve a lot of these people got in a long time, you know? They've been if, living hard for a minute. If we're on the island, if all of us were on the island and we're in the situation, what's the one non-perishable that you guys want to be your item? Oh, I, I'm going with Thai chili garlic sauce. Just the sauce? You're just going to drink it like... But it's a yeah. non-perishable you can eat with a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I want uh, I want that Dharma Ranch to dunk my <laughs> my fruit into and stuff, you know. <laughs> ranch composite. Oh, yeah. God, I love Dharma Ranch. Yeah, I'm going with the peanut butter. Yeah, that was such a small thing of peanut butter, though. Because Vincent's there, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh. Non-perishable. I, I don't know. Maybe some hot sauce. I think. Doss, you're, you're kind of on the right line there because you can spread, you can use that to make a lot of things that are not good taste good. Exactly. I, I feel like we are living in this scene, you know, with the Giacchino music, talking about all the food we're going to eat and the hot sauce. Man, I don't know what I would take. I, maybe the Apollo bars. It would be a mess in that that heat. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you're you're eating liquid. That's <laughs> yeah, <good>. yeah. <laughs> but I bet that shower would feel damn good. A shower after that, like that, not bathing for that long would feel amazing. I think the hot shower. Clean. It's like one of those luxuries that you take for granted. It's such it's such a luxury, and it's so taken for granted. The ability to take a hot shower at a moment's notice. By the way, is anybody paying attention to the expiration dates if you go in there and find something? Or are you well, just going to be like, yeah? Well, I not. mean, Desmond was eating it, so it must be good. All right. I, I, I'm not I'm not going to worry about it unless it's something that's going to spoil. Uh, you, you do this. And where test, is he right? getting it from? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this company was founded in Ann Arbor. They know what they're doing. You know, oh, they, yeah. they, well, they have engineered U of M. Yeah, <laughs> they have they have engineered this shit like, uh, you know, so the expiration dates. I don't think we have to worry about those. Well, have you seen there's a guy on, on YouTube that literally he opens up like old war rations and, and eats them like, Does he, oh, my God, are they like, edible? Yeah, yeah, like World War II rations and Vietnam War rations and shit like that. So, like, dude, expirations are a suggestion. Like, there you. <laughs> oh, I know someone a- that on a Star Wars podcast ate a thirty-year-old box of uh, or a thirty-five-year-old box of C-3PO's cereal. So that's right. Tasted like cardboard. <laughs> Probably. So this episode ends. We can talk really quickly about how this episode ends. Uh, son kind of burying the bottle and then the moment that seriously made me sob like a baby we finally get to meet bernard jesse did you do you do you do you have my text that i sent you today i do and the the photo of you with tears streaming down your face was just great so i <laughs> sent i sent jesse a text today let's see if i can find it uh i said uh First, I text him, said, is it weird? I got really excited seeing Sam Anderson's name in the credits. And then I just typed, stupid Bernard made me cry. <laughs> and I, I sent him a picture of me crying. So, <laughs> I, don't know why. I feel like you're doing this now to make me feel bad that I can't say anything bad about Bernard the rest of the time. Ugh, I oh, just you said, can say whatever you want, Keith. 
Then I said, yeah, you, so you can your be hate a monster if you want. That's fine. Yeah, your hate of Rose, you're already on the wrong side of history. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you can you can either come over to our side or you just you just going to be stubborn about it. I don't know. So I then I my last thing I said, I said, stop. Fuck. I said, stupid fucking Bernard. Make me cry at work. <laughs> Watching this at work also at my desk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, that is this episode. So uh, I guess before we kind of wrap it up. We have this, which there really wasn't any deaths except uh, uh, we have deaths of a ton of chicken that Hurley ate in this episode, (laughs) tore that stuff up, and the death of poor Hurley, I guess. Maybe friendship between Hurley and his and Johnny, yeah, maybe. What do you think Johnny happened Cole. with uh, with uh, Starla? You think they ever got to go out on their date? I don't know. We'll find out. I think. No, I don't know if we will. I don't remember that she ever came back, but that doesn't mean that she didn't. So then, there's really one thing that we can do with this, um, with this song playing it, and something we mentioned a couple weeks ago. Um, we talked about how. Uh, they announced on ABC back in the day that uh, a major character was going to die, you know, in the first quarter of the season. So uh, right now we are no one is really important has died yet. Um, Keith, any thoughts as to what major character is going to die? Actually, I have no idea. I just throw a shot in the dark. So. What's your shot in the dark? Um, I don't know. I'll just say Saeed. Oh. Just because he's too, getting too close to getting something to happen to him in the, his experimenting. Mm. Do you guys all remember who dies next? I don't. I do. Waiting to be surprised. Good. I think I know. Sexy blue shirt girl. Now, I didn't see her in this episode. I was kind of looking. I'm sure she was probably in that scene in the background, eating grapes or something. Although they mentioned probably. Steve Jenkins again in this episode, which was awesome. He needs to be mentioned more. So, no chance that it's Rose while she's like walking to Bernard and has a, like a, the monster eat her on the way. Right? I am not I think, saying no. I think you're the, you're the monster of this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think Rose and, and Bernard will ever be reunited? Yeah, it's it's pretty inevitable at this point. Nice. Well, I look forward to that, hopefully. And with that, we have wrapped season two, episode four. Everyone hates Hugo. Um, I really like this episode. I mean, for, for uh, an episode, like we said, nothing really happens. I thought that a lot of good stuff came out of it. Yeah, it was just kind of like a character build. It was a building episode, character building, plot building. But like, you know, not much stuff really happened. Is this one of those episodes that had this been a uh, a current show like obviously if this if lost is on tv today it would probably have like eight to 12 episodes they would trim all the fat out of these episodes jess you think this would be one of the episodes that that pretty much got trimmed down 
I would say this this episode probably like wouldn't exist in a ten episode season. Uh, I could probably do this episode in twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, really, because, the only big thing that came from it was the whole meeting of the others. I mean, that scene would have to appear. Oh no, you have you you introduced Bernard. You also have uh, a bunch of Hugo's backstory and- on how he won the lottery. And you get a little bit of uh, plot development between Jack and Kate's like flirtation, as well as bringing in Charlie. Like, dude, like a bunch of little stuff happened. And you know that the uh, the reinforced titanium or whatever it is. Yeah, the uh, uh, yeah. It adds a mystique to the island and the uh, the hatch. But I don't think this show works in a ten episode season because they have so many character backstories that they Mm -hmm. have to get through. And I think it's pretty important. Well, you just have to write it differently. I mean, you know, that it was designed. It would be, yeah. yeah. It would be constructed completely differently yeah, if, if right. it wasn't the 22 plus episodes. And season, this, you know? I don't, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but they eventually trimmed down the amount of episodes in the later seasons. And I think those episodes, those seasons are some of the best on the show. Um, just yeah. trimming the fat. Well, because you're getting rid of a lot of the, the, the fat and the, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, seasons four and five are really dope. So what you're saying is we get rid of Hurley. Uh, (laughs) Well, someone's got to go soon. I do have a question about the, um, the uh, place at the uh, new, I guess the new group, because they're not really the others, right? They're just, we'll call them the new group Um, where they went to. Is that part of the hatch or is that a separate underground building? Well, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's got that, the name of that uh, group. So it's but definitely the, the logo is different. So it, that seems to me as if it's a different station. Right. So like it may not be it may not be like part of the same area, just a different building of some sort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least that's what we're going with. Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, you know, the well, first one is they they said that there's multiple stations around the island, and this one had a different logo. So you, the logical conclusion is one of the other stations. Now, what yeah. will we ever find out what this station's used for? Or is it just kind of unknown? You don't have to tell uh, me, but I don't remember. I remember. Yeah, we we get an answer eventually. Okay. Everything gets answered eventually, either on the show. Or in the Lost Encyclopedia, twenty nine ninety nine, half price books. Oh, that was a half price. I don't know. I mean, that's where I bought it, but I think I bought it for like twelve bucks. Oh, Vincent! <laughs> All right, guys. Said, don't well, forget about me. Shannon fucking lost him again. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? What was Vincent eating in that final scene when they were feeding everybody stuff? Knowing, knowing Shannon, it was straight dark chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) It was dark chocolate and grapes. (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, that is the end of the episode. We will see you next week. You can go to wideopenmic.net for all the information of the podcast. Um, Gunner and the Pistols. Our Firecast with us, our Twin Peaks podcast, all that stuff. Uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later. Yeah. Later, everyone.